Now, I don't know about you, but I loved Pastor Beck's message last week. Shout out, who loved Pastor Beck's message? It was so good. She spoke about being a citizen of heaven and I sat right over there on the front row. I had my phone out um, and I was furiously taking notes and jotting things down. And it was at that point that I actually felt God say to me, I want you to stay in the same space next week when you share the word. I want you to keep that conversation going. And I don't know about you when you're sitting here in the, in the auditorium or whether you're at home and, and you're listening to a word and you get this like little nudge by the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit did to me last week. I had this little nudge as, as Pastor Beck was sharing about being a citizen of heaven. And he said to me, well, what is your responsibility um, as a citizen? And so I'm going to give you a little definition of what a citizen is. Now, a citizen is a person who, by place of birth, by nationality of either one parent or both parents or naturalisation, is granted full rights and full responsibilities as a member of that nation. Now, one of the things that I love about the local church that is that we are one body made up of so many different nations that are represented in here, in our city congregation, and also in our online campus. And I love the depth of diversity that we have in our congregations. It is beautiful. And the people that make up the community here at Life UC, both at our Balconin and our city and our online, they are beautiful and they are diverse. And it is reflected in our countries of origin. It's reflected in our, in our accent, on our skin colour, the tone of our skin in the food that is our favourite, you know, our music preferences, our cultural expression, and in so many other different ways. We each have our own unique makeup. So before I get too much into the message, the title of my message today is Take Your Seat at the Table. You know, we were created by God, a God who knows us, a God who loves us and a God who put us here to be a part of his story. And one of the things that I love, I just so love about this God that I love and that I serve is this, is that he created cultural diversification across all our earthy, earthly cultures. He created a bit of this and a bit of that because he saw it and he saw what he made and he thought it was amazing. In Acts 17, verse 26 to 27, it says this, from one man, Adam, he made every man and woman and every race of humanity. And he spread us all over the earth and he sets the boundaries of people and nations, determining their appointed times in history. And he has done all this so that every person would long for God, that they would feel their way to him and that they would find him for he is a God who is easy to discover. I'm just going to put this out there today, that difference is God's idea, that variety is God's idea, that culture is God's idea, that multiplicity is God's idea. And it is reflected in the way that he created us, his people, in, in his creation. But it is also reflected in the way that he thought his local church would be at its best, when it is thriving and when it's flourishing, uh, when it's at its function in its full health and its full strength and its full capacity. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18 to 20, it says this, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them he chose. If we were all a single member, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many parts, one body. 
There are many parts, one body. And I want you to catch this part today. God created people of many nations and of many cultures to be part of his story as the local church in action. And God has placed many giftings and many talents in each of you here today, whether you're watching online or you're sitting here in the auditorium taking notes. Hint, hint, taking notes. As a part of his story as the local church in action. You know, you and I make up that local church and it is beautiful and it's diverse and it is a way that God has designed. Now, we're going to be looking at a number of scriptures today, but we're going to be anchoring ourselves in this one verse. And it is 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 4 to 6. I'm going to say it a few times through the service, so um, you'll get to know this one verse. And it says this, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are, a variety of ser- there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And it's my hope today as we continue with this message that I've set a good foundation for where we're going to go today. And I'm just going to touch on them quickly just one more time so they know that we're on the same page, we're going the same trajectory, we're all going in the same direction. So number one, as Pastor Beck reminded us last week, that we are citizens of heaven. Number two is that as a citizen that we have full rights and full responsibilities that are granted to us as a citizen. We know that as a citizen that we have full access to God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ, and that he offers us to be empowered by his Holy Spirit. I'm just going to put a clause in there. His Holy Spirit is amazing. His Holy Spirit is actually my best friend who just gets me through every part of the day, who speaks to me, who encourages me, who empowers me, who directs me, who challenges me when I need all those sorts of things. The Holy Spirit is beautiful. And we know that sometimes we need to be reminded that as a citizen of heaven, we also have responsibilities. We have activities and actions that we need to do to play our part in his story. And as a citizen, it's not just us. We, as a people, as the local church, together, we play a part and combined with all our activities, we play a part building his story together. We each play a part. But you know what? We are not the main event. He is. And in Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 10, it says this. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It is God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. And if we did, we'd probably go around bragging about what we that we've done the whole thing. No, we neither make or save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Jesus Christ to join him in the work that he does, the good work that he's got ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. You know, God created us to join with him in the work that he does, but he has also given us as a citizen, a citizen of heaven, rights and responsibilities. As a citizen, as a child of God, me as a daughter, I get to take a seat at the table. But also as a citizen of heaven, I've got to bring something to the table. I bring something. I bring what he's given me and I give it back to him as an offering. We bring something to the table and we invite others to come and be with us. If you're taking notes today, point number one is this. Bring a plate or grab a tea towel. 
bring a plate or grab a tea towel. One of my favourite memories as a child was going over to my grandparents' house. They have a ha- well, they had a house over in Griffith in the south side. And as a child, I used to love to go and visit there, my aunties and my uncle, because we're kind of similar in age. And, and I would call Nana and Pop up on a landline. For those who don't know what they are, they're connected to a wall. It's not like a mobile phone. I'm in that demographic. I'll own that. But I used to call Nana and Pop. Uh, if Pop answered, he would always say the same thing. He would say... I'll just go check with the boss. Um, And if Nana would answer, she would always say the same words. I didn't understand it as a child, but she would say, um, of course you can stop over love. Like always, stop over. I'm not sure about that, but she always used to say that. But she also used to always say, if I was staying on a Saturday night, that indeed I would be coming to Saturday night mass with them because that's what we did. Uh, We went to the Catholic church mass over in St. Christopher's and I just loved being with them and visiting but what I loved most was mealtime. They had lots of kids. It was like hustle, hustle in the, um, in the kitchen, in the dining room. And one thing that you knew was that if you didn't help prep the vegetables, you would also, you'd be the person who'd be in the kitchen helping Nana cook. If you weren't helping cook, then you'd be the person setting up the table. If you weren't setting up the table, then you knew that you would be packing up the table after dinner. If you weren't packing up the table, well, then like everyone else, you would grab your tea towel, you'd be help drying the dishes or washing the dishes. Everybody had a part. Everyone knew that they had something that they had to contribute, Nana's rules. And, and everyone was a part of doing something in the event of having dinner together. You know, years later as an adult, I realised that those memories and all those memories of dinners and celebrations that my mum created, um, they played a role in me loving food and loving family and getting people together and, and being someone who loves together. I love you know, gathering around a table or, or coming to you know, a good old barbecue or, or a potluck or being asked to go to someone's house and bring a plate. Now, who has heard the word bring a plate? Yeah. We actually have casually used this word more than you probably have even noticed. Google has 699 million search results for the phrase bring a plate. Also other things that have been looked up as is, what does, a bring a, what does bring a plate mean? What do you do when someone asks you to bring a plate? What should I bring to a shared dinner? And what do Australians call pot luck? People are Googling these things. One thing that I do find comforting is if I don't know something and I do like a little quick Google thinking it's a ridiculous question, somebody usually has already asked that question and I don't feel so silly. So bringing a plate is part of our culture. I love that someone who was a very clever marketing person caught on to this this little tiny little aspect, this idiosyncrasy of what our culture is. And I don't know if you remember uh, the Cadbury's chocolate commercial um, that was advertising favourites, the Cadbury favourites. So you have the big Cadbury favourites box, it's bright purple and it has all these miniature chocolates in it. Um, And they created a slogan and the slogan was this, Cadbury's favourites when you're told not to bring a thing. It was a really clever slogan because we now are accustomed to not just go to an event, we are accustomed to being part of an event. If you go to a concert, if you go to something, you know, they're encouraging everyone to get their phones out and to hashtag and to send things through. We are a part of events now, we just don't come. 
I'm glad that you're just not here in the room here today watching. You're a part of it. You're leaning in with faith. You're, you're combining your faith with mine and believing for all the different things that God has in your life. You're a part of it. So I thought the commercial was a great play on words. It's something that runs deep in our culture. I just want us to come back to um, this anchor verse. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. You know, God has asked each one of you, each person here in the auditorium, every single person who is watching online, every single individual who calls our city hub home, he has invited you to be a part of his story in what you bring to the table. And we need to recognise that every single person is going to bring something different to the table. And you might ask the question, well, why? Why did God do that? Well, he tells us in the scripture here. It says... Because we each have been given a different gift, for what purpose? Because there are a variety of services needed. And I'm going to take it as this. The varieties of services are where God has positioned and placed you, your sphere of influence, where you are from nine to five, where God's put you in your marketplace, in your uni, in your home, wherever it might look like. All of our activities are going to be different what God is calling of you from one person to the next, from the neighbour that you're sitting next to, the person that might be wandering around your house as you're watching online, from our city hub, every one of our activities are different. If you're taking notes, this is point number two. This ain't a mystery box. Who watches MasterChef? Yeah. Who are you going for? I'm going for Justin. I'm just putting it out there. I'm going for Justin. But this ain't a mystery box. And so my question to you is, what can you bring to the table? You know, God has graced you, he has graced me with a different gift and a different capability and a different strength and a different talent than he has from the person that is sitting right next to you. Remember, difference is his idea. Variety is his idea. Culture is his idea. Multiplicity that is his idea. And if you don't know what multiplicity is, I'm going to tell you what it is. It is a large number of variety. And I'm going to put it down to this, that God has scaled things up through his local church, that as we partner with what he is doing and helping him, that we need to do it on a grander scale because, you know, his time is sensitive. If you have a look at what's happening around the world. So yes, we're invited to take a seat at the table, but because we are citizens, we are also asked to bring something to the table. We have a responsibility to bring something. You know, it's our kind of contribution to this potluck of his glorious, glorious work. And you know, you can only bring what you have. You've been given something. He's not asking you to bring something that somebody else has. And you can only bring or create with the ingredients that you have been given, with the makeup, with the DNA, with the giftings and the skills and the talents. That's all that he is asking from you. You know, it's not like Master Chef when you, when you don't know what's in that mystery box. The Bible lays it out so very clearly, all the different ways that God has graced you um, in your life, in your skills, in your capabilities, in your giftings, in your talents, in your personality. He's purposely kind of knit them all together, knowing that he has put you here for such a time as this to have impact in your world. The Bible gives us clear examples. And yet 
no matter how different we all are, they all contribute to his story that he has called us to be a part of. You know, through the scripture, we read about all these different things. There are the five ministry gifts and you can look them up uh, in Ephesians 4. And they say, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for the work of service. Then he gave us motivational gifts and you can find them, there's seven of them in Romans 12. And he says, we each have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If your gift is serving, then serve. If your gift is teaching, then teach. If your gift is to encourage, then be someone who is encouraging. I just added that little part in. If your gift is giving, then be generous. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. And lastly, there are the manifestation gifts and you can look them up. They're in 1 Corinthians 12. I'll get you to do that as part of your homework later on. There are nine gifts. But I'm going to leave you to do that part yourself. You all have homework. But in all the spaces and places that God has put you and has placed you and has positioned you with all the giftings and the skills and the talents that he has placed inside of you, we each take a seat at the table and then he asks of us to bring only what he's given us to bring. But then I love this one part that he makes sure that he mentions. I love how he reminds us to simply own the portion that he has given us. Don't look at your neighbour, don't look to your left or the right, don't compare, don't judge, don't, don't, um, it's very Aussie, I'll have what she's having. We don't need to do any of that. In Romans 12 verse 3, it says this, instead, honestly, assess your, your worth by God-given faith as a standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. I'm going to read it one more time. Instead, honestly assess your self-worth by using a God-given faith as a standard of measurement. And then you will see your truth value with an appropriate self-esteem. Now, all these different giftings, this gifting and ministry and, and motivational and manifestation, they're all a little bit different. And then some of them overlap. And that's significant because what that tells us is that God takes a little bit from here and a little bit from there and a little bit from here. And then he says, Kristen needs that. And then he has a little bit from here and a little bit from there and a little bit from here. Noel needs that and he knows exactly what you need to reach the people that he's put in your world. He knows that. As I conclude, I want us to have a look at our anchor message just one more time. And it says this, 1 Corinthians, 4, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 to 6, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them in everyone. You know, I often hear the pressure behind someone's voice as we might be talking about purpose and calling. And, and I can often hear and sense that there's this, this underlying pressure as someone is trying to navigate and align. Well, this is what I'm doing now with my life. This is how I spend nine, nine to five. This is where I feel that God has called me to be. And these are my responsibilities. And yet I know he has a plan for the local church and he has a plan for the church wide, uh, for church wide as a whole. And we have been commissioned to go and do all these th great things and play our part so that humankind can be reconciled back to God. And there's this, this balancing of this is my part. And yet how does that even fit into this big picture? 
you know, from the person who is a business person who uh, is managing projects to the person who does admin from nine to five, to the person uh, who is a parent at home navigating, you know, all the different responsibilities that might have, you know, the person who is a sole trader and they're working out what their next big marketing thing might be, or you might be a student and you haven't looked past what year 12 will look like, but you know you want to do something, or you might be a uni student here today or watching online. And you might be thinking, well, I've just got to get through this semester. I'm trying to manage work and I'm trying to do my assignments and I'm trying to be a nice human uh, to everyone around me as I'm balancing all these different things. It can be a lot for some. And then we are reminded about the Great Commission. But I just want to read you the definition of commission. And I'm just going to put it out there that it is something a little bit more palatable than you might expect. The definition of commission is this, a group of people entrusted with authority to do something. So we have been commissioned as the local church, as a group of people entrusted with authority to do something. And what we have been entrusted with, we have been gifted and graced to achieve and to accomplish. So it's not going to be a stress. It's not going to be a strive. It's not going to be a strain. It's one foot in front of the other as we just do what God has asked us to do in the places that he's put us with the giftings and the talents and the skills, not looking to the left or the right, that he is asking of us. And I just want to remind you of this today. And I'm going to ask the team to come and join me. God has created us to join him in the work that he is about and busily doing in this place. You know, you don't need to be a pastor at all. Like you don't need to be in full-time ministry to bring Jesus into the place that God is taking you throughout the week. You don't need to be a preacher, you know, a preacher on the stage or preacher wherever it might be to be someone who speaks the good news of Jesus in your sphere of influence, whether it's school or family or friendships or relationships or wherever it might be. You don't need to be an evangelist, you know, on the corner telling people about Jesus. You don't need to be doing those types of, you know, formal ministries if you're someone who is a gatherer, someone who creates community, someone who is an includer. When people come near you, they sense Jesus and your life talks Jesus. You know, you don't need to be, you know, a formal prophet to be someone who is working in their gift and their portion of faith and someone who speaks life and hope into somebody else's life. You don't need to be, you know, a formal apostle in the local church to be someone who has great vision for what is God is doing in this city, who brings strategy and who brings new ideas and who brings ways that we can grow and expand and do what God is calling us to do. In Ephesians 2, we read, saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It is God's gift from start to finish and we do not play the major part. If we did, we're going to be going around bragging about what we've done as if we did the whole thing. We neither make or save ourselves. God does all the making and he does all the saving. All we do is take a seat at the table. We invite others to come along. Come come with me, come have dinner, come check out my life group, come and do life with me, have coffee with me during the lunch break, whatever it might look like. We do our part, whatever it might look like, all heart unto him as our part in his story. I love the fact that we are all invited to be a story. Not one person in this place is left out and not one person who is listening or watching online is left out in this story. You know, God has a plan and he has a purpose for your life. He saw you. He saw you before you were even born. He knows you. 
He knows every detail about your life, the ones that you show, the ones that you hide, and He loves you anyway. You know, there is separate you from the love of God. There is absolutely nothing. He loves you and He wants to have a relationship with you. And if you were here today, I would love to be able to lead you in a prayer um, and, and to be able to invite Jesus to be your Lord and to be your Saviour. There was one part of the scripture that I read earlier that I just want to read one more time. Everything that he's done from the beginning of the world till now comes to these moments. He has done this so that every person would long for God, that they would feel their way to him. And it sometimes is like that. You know, sometimes we can feel blind or it's hazy. We don't really know what's going on. and We're kind of feeling our way to find him. But he is a God who is easy to discover he is there waiting. When you step forward, he steps forward. He just wants to have a relationship with you. 